Clay from Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and we're live. And we don't have a clicking sound. No clicking in this episode. We're in the real studio. Oh, okay. Ladies and gents, I I just said it to everybody in the podcast pre-show, but I'm going to say to you who are listening uh, in the podcast apps or on YouTube later on or whatever. People in the future. You time travelers. In the future. You're listening to this, and you're you're in the future, unless you're live now. Uh, We know. (laughs) Trust me. I know. That there was clicking last episode, and it pisses me off to no end. Uh, For all of our Potter friends, it was a mysterious ticking noise. Yes. Potter <laughs> That's pals. That's a good one. I like that. That's a deep mm, What's Potter this mysterious <laughs> ticking <laughs> noise? <laughs> trust me, I know it was clicky. Trust me, I know it sucks. And trust me, it will never happen again. As most of you know, I'm crazy. And I, I want I to make sure- crazy. I want to make sure that our sound is perfect, which is why- we built a studio in our home, uh, and why you have such great sound quality coming out of us. I'd say 99.999 millionths of a time. So the sound quality has been poor for the past couple of episodes, not just because of us being in a mobile studio, but we were, of course, podcasting from bed. Um, at the time of us recording right now, it is 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I have energy this time of day. Yes. I do not frequently at night, and we got our kids out of the house for an hour and a half. So I was like, Blake, <laughs> let's do this. Fired up, got throwing some lipstick. Let's do this. Um, so this is why we are able to do it. I'm not making promises that the next episode will be perfect sounding, but we're going to try to be in our studio as often as we can when we can. So yeah, all trust right, me, we want to do that. We needed to for this episode because this episode is all about the bananas stuff that happened. Um, but before we get into the rest of the show, we want to remind you to hit subscribe to our podcast. So if you're joining us live on socials, come on over to a podcast app, search Mary and Blake and Outlander cast, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, not really Twitter. YouTube. Well, no, no, Twitter's good too. Nah. It's a dumping ground right now. I will agree. But, but we're, there. we're there. We're there. YouTube, just by searching Mary and Blake. Um, so our friends on Instagram, I know you're seeing us as Outlander Cast. Follow us also at Mary and Blake Media. Um, you'll find us there. All of our and podcasts. And then you can are there. keep us up to date. You can keep up to date with all of our podcasts, like This Is Us Too, plus our blogs, events, giveaways, and anything we do at Mary and Blake by going to maryandblake.com. This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Minute with Mary. Um, I do. In addition to podcasting, put on makeup occasionally. It feels like very rarely right now, but I did for today. And I got to tell you, when you are feeling crummy, you throw on a bold lipstick and a little bit of mascara and you're going to feel like a million bucks. A million bucks, right? And those of you joining live, give me a little amen. I actually have my lipsticks, um, lip glosses, sorry, lip glosses, lip liners, um, lip butters on sale this month in the month of April. So I do want to make sure that you know about that, minutewithmary.com. And I do have my favorite mascara on sale for our listeners. Um, Just go to minutewithmary.com slash discount. But there's one more thing that's important for us to ask of you. Big thing. In the month of April. Well, it's a small thing, but it's big for us. So if you're in the future, if you used a gemstone and you're somehow in the future... 
it, you know, <laughs> this doesn't apply to you. You could just listen and be like, oh, whatever. But for those of you here on the here and now, Blake, what do we what do we need? What we need you to do is you need we need you to vote for us in the best of Rhode Island um, awards. And uh, each each month, oh, I'm sorry, each year, Rhode Island Monthly has uh, this big, huge award ceremony for everybody, all the businesses in Rhode Island. And it's a best of. It's uh, it's you know the best restaurant, the best this, the best that, and we are up for best podcast in Rhode Island. And we've actually won now four years in a row. We would love to win for a fifth and then maybe a sixth and then get into the Hall of Fame <laughs> where they name the thing after us because we've won so many times. So, That's what we're hoping to do. Okay, so if you're interested in helping us out and for our friends joining in live, if someone might type this out, you're going to go to... Well, go to the show notes. Go to the show notes. Um, no, but they're joining us live. They might want to... You know, oh, just Google, Google it and put just, it in the comments. And okay. for those of you that are in the future and you took your gemstone, go to the show notes that we have here, and I will include the link in the show notes. All you have to do is click the link, scroll down to where it says Best Podcast, and then type in Mary, Mary and, and Blake, Blake Media, Media. Okay. not Outlander Cast. Yeah. Because Mary and Blake Media means everything. Yeah. So just type in Mary and Blake Media, and that will be that. Thank you. Marvin, you got opening takes for this episode uh, for listener feedback before we get into everybody else's take. You got an opening take? No, I'm just so happy that I have a studio, that I have a little energy, and that my kids are gone because I'm ready to talk about this episode of <laughs> yeah. craziness. My, my opening take is this. I am happy that uh, Malv is D-E-D dead, and I'm feeling momentum. And that's all I want. It's a Mary and Blake media commandment, as most of you know. As the ep- as the season wanes, what I want is momentum. If you give me something, anything, small, big, um, subtle, in your face, I don't care. I just want momentum knowing that we're getting to a point towards the end of the season. And I'm feeling that here. So that's what I'm very happy about. All right, Marvin, you ready to release the hounds? Yes, I am. Okay, hold on. I got. I got to find the sound. I got to find my my sound bite here that we're that I'm supposed to play. <laughs> it's been so long since we've been in the studio. I know. That, that I know, I, Blake. I, this is I've what happens. You take take a couple days away. Where, where's my sound bite? I don't know. Ma- Marvin, what you do? I don't know. I didn't Marvin, touch anything. Marvin, what did you do to my stuff? Maybe the kids touched it. Maybe uh, the kids touched it. Guarantee they touched my stuff. That's fine. You know what? We'll just, just play we'll anything just do right this. now. Here we're we go. good. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do a retroactive play. Are you ready? Here, yeah. Because I found it. Here's a retroactive oh, play. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Okay, and then the song is supposed to <laughs> happen. <laughs> Love it. All right. So what we're going to do, as always, ladies and gents, is we're going to start at jointhenerdclan.com. We've got a bunch of different voicemails. Everybody had a lot to say about this episode, and we're just going to we're gonna sprinkle them in, baby. We're going to sprinkle everything in, and then we're going to go from there. So, beginning with the jointhenerdclan.com, Megan Williams said, you know what? The next t-shirt that Mary and Blake must have, yeah. it's it, it's based off of what we said last episode, that COVID is a fever dream. <laughs> True. Yes, COVID is certainly a fever dream. Angela Hickey chimed in. She said, oh my goodness, I am just starting to listen. You are just starting to read my recap. I have to tell you, Blake, the show is not copying Hamilton with that title. 
the world turned upside down. The title is taken right from the book, from the chapter title that takes place immediately following Malva's accusation and the fallout, which is covered in this episode. And the book was written 10 years prior to Hamilton. So if anything, it's the other way around. You know what, Andrew, I have to say about that? What? Stats are for nerds. No, you no, just no, use that no. as a crutch. Pa- part of, pa- crutch. Pa- part of uh, the... the, the, the the pop culture world here is that Hamilton has basically assumed that 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 saying. The it ba- Hamilton happened is, before. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It does. It, it now it's now owned by Hamilton. Okay. That's how it goes. And sure, uh, Blake. so <laughs> there is no try. I coined it. Oh yeah. You know what? If if the pop culture recognized you saying that, then you could claim it. How's that sound? I don't even know what you're saying right now. Like, <laughs> all right, let's get to the first. We all know you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the first voicemail. Okay. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Paige calling in for the first time from Wisconsin. I am breaking an Outlander cast commandment right off the bat here by giving this episode a five plus kilts, even without the sex. Oh. This episode is now in my favorites list, up there with Dragonfly and Amber and A. Malcolm. Woo-hoo! My good for this episode was the soft moments that we did get between Jamie and Claire. The moment where he tells her that she's ruthless and not very patient was exactly how I imagined it playing out when I read the books. My great for this episode and all throughout the season has been the constant reminders from the cinematography that there's going to be a fire at some point. It seems like almost every scene is ending with a focus on a, on a candle somewhere in the house. I love that despite all of the drama going on surrounding this family, there's always this fire hanging over their heads that hasn't happened yet and they will not let us as watchers forget about it my best for this episode is katrina balve yes she absolutely rocked this episode and i would be shocked if she does not win an award for her performance this season need i say more uh no no i think katrina balve has been very good Mm -hmm. this season i'm not sure if she's beating Mandy Moore uh, in This Is Us, because Mandy Moore, whoo, man, and This Is Us, oh, man. Well, and here's the thing. This is Mandy Moore's last season. Yes. So this is like this is like the 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 final thank you to Mandy Moore and This Is Us for this season that like they gave to like Return of the King and Lord of the Rings back in the day for the Oscars. Okay. Like Return of the King won Best Picture because it was like, yeah, we should probably thank you for all the stuff that you did. So here's that. If this was neck and neck, we'd have an issue. If this was Outlander's last season is what I mean. But it's This Is Us's last season, so I'm okay if Mandy Moore gets yeah, it. If it's Mandy more Moore of a doesn't get it, there's going to be hell to pay. Yes. If some if some other jabroni gets it instead mm-hmm. of Mandy Moore, I will be upset. Because if you're not listening, if you don't watch This Is Us, then you don't get it. But if you do, and most of you do, then you understand what we're talking about. And, oh, my Maron, mm-hmm. she she deserves she deserves the Emmy. But I will say this: uh, I love that call out um, that you made, uh, Paige, about the candle and how there always seems to be some kind of fire uh, within each of the um, scenes um, when the family's in the big house, uh, and even in even um, in the. Uh, in the other smaller places. I mean, that, that's probably more of indicative of the fact that they just need candles for light. But again, everything 
is done with a purpose and everything is there for a purpose, or at least it should be. And the fact that there is a focus on these candles, there is a focus on these fire, on this fire. I think one, it it lends some credence to what they're trying to accomplish as like what what is happening on on the screen is combustible. Like it's it, the Ooh. Claire is in a in a very combustible um, state right now, but also. It's also referencing the fact that this house is eventually, as we know, going to burn down um, by fire. So that's also, I think, at play, too. What do you think about that, Mavin? I concur. I think that it is great visual um, storytelling that we need to keep in mind. Um, okay, let's get to the next one, shall we? Okay. Hello, Mary and Blake. This is April from Richmond, Virginia. I am a longtime listener, but a first-time caller. I just had to call in because I really loved this episode. I thought they did an amazing job with it. Um, I am a book reader also, and I have to say that I think I've enjoyed this season um, as much as I have enjoyed season one, and it's been one of the better seasons. Um, I'm going to do my kilt rating as a 4.8. My good was that um, the scene with sweet Claire and Jamie in the bed after she's recovering and them just having their talk about what they love about each other and just bringing in Jamie's humor. I'm a sucker for sweet Claire Jamie moment. So that really got me. <laughs> yeah. My bad is the use of ether. Just I'm a book reader. So I'm having a really bad, hard time getting past that. And my great was the last end scene with Claire finding Malva in the garden. It was just so well done right out of the book. I just loved this episode and just thought it was amazing. Probably one of my other favorite, my tie for great is the scene of Jamie and Claire in the barn and having their heated and, um, discussion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about their faith in each other. And it just was also a lovely scene. Yeah. So thanks so much. Yay. I enjoyed it. Can't wait to listen. Love it. Yeah. You know, Mary, I, I really, really like genuinely love that scene in the bed where Jay, when they're like, okay, so what do you love about me? And she keeps saying the things and Jamie's like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you're not that. That's, that's a good married <laughs> couple right there for you. Yes. Like, right? that, like they understand each other's foibles and they <laughs> And the funny and thing yet, is that they can laugh at it. Yeah. Like she's not mad at him for saying you are not a patient person. Right. Good point. Good point. Sorry. Because she recognizes, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like admitting that, but you're probably right. All right. So uh, let's see. We got Veronica. She says there were not, these were not dreams or even nightmares necessarily. Claire is horribly deathly ill. So she's basically hallucinating. But now. I know why Diana didn't have Marsily at that scene yep. because the murder would not have been a mystery. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Especially because now she's not pregnant at this very moment with a big old belly. Oh, she could yeah. do some ninja moves. All the ninja moves. <laughs> she can kill when she's super pregnant and she can be a sleuth killer. She would have already dug the hole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it would have been prepared. Marsily in murder mode? Oh, yeah. Dude, it's like in the movie Casino. A lot of holes in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of holes on the ridge. (laughs) Uh, Judy Cates wrote in saying, I think that Tony is an excellent writer, but sometimes her spin on the characters really bothers me, especially in season four. She changed aspects of Jamie and Claire's characters, but maybe it's because I'm a book reader. And Angela follows up here. Angela's going to appear a lot in this just because she she actually Good, because she just called you out saying, I wrote this wonderful thing and you only read one little bit. 
Angela, worry, Angela. Don't you worry, girlfriend. I got it. I got it in here. It's it's just that you had a lot of good things to say, Ooh. and I thought it was important. So to... there's a multi-part series of so your feedback. Angela follows up and on this comment, and I and I really thought it was apropos. Um, and I have some thoughts on it too. So she says, Tony is a fantastic writer, no doubt about it. She has an excellent sense of visual symbolism as well. By the way, Angela, totally agree. Her visual storytelling. I, I would love, first of all, as an aside, I would love to read her scripts because so much of being a writer is writing the direction. Like you have to be able to write the smells and the the senses and the touches and the feels and uh, how things are uh, zoomed in on. How can one get a hold of their original script? I don't know. Nerd clan. Uh, this is a, in a, a call out to the nerds. I want do to know. Do we just message Tony? Tony. Yeah, no, Tony, do, do me a favor. Okay. Why don't you send me one of your scripts? I'd love to see it. Um, nerds, <laughs> Here's why. Nerds, let us know uh, if you uh, can get the scripts, number one. I think you can. I just have no idea where. That's the, that's the issue that I'm facing. But you do you want like her OG or what? makes it to the screen is uh, sorry that's what i was no no i want to see what makes it to the screen oh well, well you want to see like with her you know in her little notebook with her pens and maybe little doodles well i mean i would love to see that too that's what i want to see um i would love to see that too but i, w- I want because the see... regular scripts that make it are available yes i want to see that okay and sorry i, I, just, I, thought I just, you just don't were, like, know where so. i thought you just wanted like tony's little like notebook that she writes in. no i want to see what's on the screen because i want to see what the director does to to adapt well, Tony's can, writing. You can see that easily. Okay. Well, yeah. Julie here says they post the scripts online. Great. Yes. Thanks, Julie. Where? <laughs> that's a great question. That's what I want to know. So there's this wonderful thing called Google, Blake. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, <laughs> okay. that's why I have the nerds. Statue for nerds, Blake. Um, I don't even know if I use that in the right context, but, but I'm using it. So I would love to see how she writes, and I would love to see what she does in writing the direction, uh, because... She is such a fantastic writer all the way back to her days on BSG that she's a resource that I think is worthy of getting it. Anyway, Angela continues to say, but I think her independent spirit and personality is more suited to original writing rather than adaptation. Sometimes she is just too in love with her inventions and they cause the show future problems because everything in the saga builds on itself. It's a tapestry and she doesn't read ahead to know the impact. So then in later seasons, everyone has to scramble to retrofit things she altered to make the current story work. And usually it's in a very awkward way because it's a forced and doesn't fit. She tends to write the pivotal episodes, so when one of those is coming, like this one, many of us take a deep breath and cross our fingers because they are so crucial. When she stays on track, her episodes are the very best. When she goes off track too far, they leave us shaking our head, knowing the ripple effect. Show only people would not understand, having no idea the impact. Fortunately, on those extremely important episodes, this one included, she is usually kept on track, likely because Matt knows how important it is. Plus, she has now seen enough seasons in a, the effects of having to awkwardly scramble later that I'm noticing less invention, at least this season, lol. Maybe she's finally bending more to what Matt and Meryl tried to tell her she can't do something she thinks would be interesting. The episode stayed extremely close to the book, used much of the book dialogue, and it was a fantastic adaptation. All right, so Angela, since she is here, I, I actually want to ask her this question. Which is, and Angela, if you give me an answer, I'll, I'll read it so everybody in the podcast world uh, eventually can hear your answer. Um, what I want to know is, when did she go wrong? When did she put us off track in a, in a manner so that 
she had to scramble. When did Tony? Well, yeah, when did Tony do wrong so that they had to scramble in a in the manner that you're just describing right now? Um, and then I heard, and this is not necessarily a comment about Angela, but this is, uh, I think this is a royal we comment. Um, I heard a lot of people saying after our episode, Mary, that like, oh, you loved the writing? Well, it's because it all came from Diana, blah, 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 like all the dialogue, especially the scene in bed and how did you, and how they they were talking. Uh, sure. Okay, that's fine. But as um, the author of Harry Potter knows, writing a television or writing a film is far different than writing a book. I would say... And, and let, let me just say this one last thing. And the art is not in necessarily coming up with the lines. It's how do you make it work on television? And how do you include them in the format of television? And that is where Tony did it right. Continue. Well, I would say I think that Jamie and Claire were Jamie and Claire that we got to know as characters, whether you got to know them as the show or through the show or through the book. I think that that scene in particular were our Jamie and Claire and that there has been moments in the show's history where it didn't feel like the same couple. It didn't feel like the same people, either as a just a show watcher or as a book reader. But book readers can sit there and say, there they are. There yeah. you are. But show watchers love it too. So yes, the words are pulled right from the book, but this whole show is based upon our books. So, yeah. you know, everything is thanks to Diana. Everything about what we're talking about is thanks to Diana. But I think what we're trying to, what, what you're trying to get at, Blake, is that between the acting and the directing mm -hmm. and the writing for choosing to keep different um, verbiage, all of it combined, that scene and many of the scenes this season um, have, have been very true to the characters that we love. Sure, sure. Oh, all right. Um, Angela does chime in. She says, oh, God, LOL, where do I begin? Uh, and there's more coming in season seven. Uh, she says, agree, but uh, you have to get you gave her a wee bit of credit. It would have been nice if you gave Diana a wee bit of credit. Uh, yes. I just did. She... I mean, yes, of course. I'm not going to say that Diana didn't play a role. She in did this. everything. She did. No, she she, didn't cre do she created this. She created it, but there, there again. The problem is. It's what adaptation. I say to my children. I created you. <laughs> Give me all the credit. Uh, wow! Holy smokes! And I just gave. Oh, okay, sorry. She wanted to make sure that you got it because she wrote it in. She doesn't know if she got it. All right, fair enough. Know. Fair enough. All right, so Thank let's get the next know. one. Elizabeth chimes in. She says. It's like, uh, oh, our episode with all the crackling. It was like listening to an old LP. Oh. oh, thank you. Tony gives Claire the spotlight and dumbs down Jamie, in my opinion. I still loved this episode, though. Mary, do you think that Claire gets all of the spotlight and dumbs down Jamie from Tony? Do you get that sense? Uh, you know, I think so much of Jamie was shock. In this episode, having the whole Malva situation, yo, that baby's daddy, what? You know, that it's tough because it wasn't how, I don't, it, it was so outlandish, you know? <laughs> I think that his reaction when it happens is perfect. I'm one of those people when really awkward things happen, I laugh. Mm-hmm. 
when you're really not supposed to. Like our daughter. Yeah. <laughs> our daughter is very much that oh, person. Oh, she is too. I mean, there's many people <laughs> who have that nervous habit. So to me, it wasn't that Jamie was dumbed down. It's just that Jamie was completely caught off guard and trying to figure out not only what all this means, calm down his wife, but also the ramifications yeah. of what a lie like this could do. Yep. So the urban outlander on Instagram says, this is the problem that I have with book readers worshiping at the altar of DG in all things outlander fair or unfair statement. Lavin. Um, I mean, worshiping at an altar of Diana would be extreme. That is, but, that's a little culty, but on the flip side, I do tell my children, I created them. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that uh, our friend, the urban outlander might, might be on, on Blake's side of the things of this. Whereas I say, Diana created this universe and, um, yay All for right. that. Let's do the next voicemail. <laughs> Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Brittany from Pennsylvania. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. I'm giving episode 606, 4.5 kilts. Okay. I definitely had to watch it more than twice. Uh, it was a lot for my post-COVID brain fog to handle, mm-hmm. um, but I did really enjoy it. My good is Ian and Claire in the garden. I love to see Claire's relationships with the younger folks on the ridge, especially her and Ian. They've they've been through a lot together, and the yeah. fact that he feels safe enough to come to her with something like this, yes. you know, to admit to her that he, he had sex with Malva and he should he do the right thing and and her having to break it to him like yo you're not the only one i loved it <laughs> my bad the voiceover what is this season one especially towards the end it was just very redundant and unnecessary my secondary bad and it's not even the show i hated this scene in the book just the overreaching consequences of her choosing to do a c-section on murdered malva i just Everybody already thinks you're a witch, babe. Like, what are you doing? I would have done the same thing, though. This this isn't going to bode well. But my great is the weirdness, especially when she was hallucinating and we were seeing the heart and the snake. It looked like projector slides, Ooh. which would be fitting since she went to medical school oh, in the yeah. 50s. I like that. I really enjoyed it. Mm. You know what? I, I, I'll give you credit for that one. The, the fact that it looked like a projector slide. I dig it. Um, I dig that. Yeah. I, I, like as you know, I was not a huge fan of the 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 weird part of it all. And normally, I I'm all about let's get weird. But now that you re put it in context, rather of like a projector slide, I'm I'm more in. Or could it be through the lens of a microscope? Because we start the episode looking at the amoeba, and Claire's looking through the microscope so often that that kind of has the same kind of feel as a projector slide. Mm. So I'm here for all of that. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of here for that. Um, I know. That's what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> booby trap, I know. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm here for that. And I also want to call out the fact, too, the, the show has done an incredible job, I think, at giving us more texture to the surrounding relationships this season mm-hmm. and giving us a scene like the one between Ian and Claire I think is vital because we don't get a chance to see them interact all that often. Well, yeah, and he's grown up so much. I mean, you think about that in your own relationships with parents or aunts and uncles or even your neighbors when you get to this level of adulthood and you're suddenly able to talk to each other more on a peer 
kind of um, place. Yeah. And yet Claire is still able to say, no, that's a bad idea. Mm. I firmly don't think that that's good. You know, versus Ian being super embarrassed that he slept with Malva. Yeah. Um, I think that he was so brave to be able to do that. And I do want to say with the C-section thing, Claire being a surgeon and being a doctor, there's no way that she couldn't have done that. Yeah, I agree. She had to go on in. There's so many times when... That is that that's what doctors do. That's what people have to do when there is a pregnant mother who has died, you know, and they need to try to save the baby. It even happens in The Walking Dead. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. That was so gross. That was gross. Um, use condoms in a, an apocalypse. That's all I can say. In a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> all use the condoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, what do you think about? I don't the, think I don't think at all she was thinking. People think I'm witch. She's. I feel like Claire is just so many ZFGs, which is zero Fs given, um, about this whole witch thing. Like, what are you gonna do? Call me a witch again? No, she's going to. That didn't even come in her mind. She yeah. was in crazed, dead Malva. Need to save the baby mode. Do you? Um, what did you think about the? Um, and she didn't know how far along Malva was. That's the other thing. There's a lot of people who are like, "Oh, that baby was would have been too young. It would have been a preemie." We don't know when yeah. Melva got pregnant and how far along she was. Sure. Technically, you know, uh, uh, without knowing, you know, possibly a baby could have lived. Yeah, right. I mean, who knows? It, but it, not with Melva being that dead. Oh no, she's like she was like super dead. Yeah, she was like, I'm blue dead. I'm blue. <laughs> da, dee, da, da. Um, right. What did you think about the um, the voiceovers? Did it? Did... I didn't even notice it. Okay, and it might be because I've been rewatching a lot of season one. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm just used to it. It is very season one-y, even but, season two-y. But that's why it didn't stand out to me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, hi, Mary and Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hi, Sharon. <clears throat> Roger is a lightweight. Yes. Blake. Sorry, Mary. He doesn't ever use common sense. And it's not just this one fish eating episode. Sorry. It happens over and over. Um, even in the world turned upside down, he could have come out with the Obadiah thing. Even, you know, even with Brie, like I've found her with Obadiah, or maybe he could have said it somehow. Um, hold, hold on, Sharon. Sharon, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Sharon, Sharon you have the floor. Con- continue. I just lady. love the things she's calling out are things that you have done, Blake. So Con- you essentially are a lightweight as well. Stats of a nerd. Not when it. We're not talking to you. about me. We're not, not when talking it about to me. You. We're talking about good old Raj. Hey, Sharon. Sharon, continue. It depends. I mean, even during church, because apparently. She was forced to stand in front of the congregation, um, and he could have said something then. I don't know. But all we get is, do you think your father did it? So why have that scene and threat if it isn't going to pay off? Not too pleased with Ian at either in The Men of the Ridge. Mm. Um, so as far as the boring thing from the former episode, there's no sense of danger. It's better to focus on the print shop issue and the Lord John Gray. They could have taken a hit of Tar or maybe protected Jamie more. Um, that's an important moment between Jamie and Lord John Gray, and, and we didn't get enough of that. Instead, we got an unneeded giggle fest and Flora McDonald. There's no clear reason why we need to have her spend so much time on her. Um, it just feels like a vehicle for her to lose a, a, a stone. I don't know. 
so that's my issue. Um, I hope that helped you guys. Bye. Uh, was the show Mary being a tad indulgent, if you will, when it comes to Flora McDonald? Should there have been something else? So here's where it's difficult. I'm an American. And the way that Claire speaks about Flora McDonald makes me feel like people in the UK know a lot about her and know a lot about her story. And this has also been a song that we've been listening to and singing along to, because y'all know you sing it in the shower, Mm -hmm. um, for years now. So I don't think that it was overindulgent at all. Um, I, it's hard for us cause like she isn't a big deal to us as Americans here. Sure. So, but for Claire to say, you know, her face is on biscuit tins. Like I'm trying to think like how big of a deal would it be for Alexander Hamilton? Like this is a song that is super famous based upon a Good woman point. getting the job done. Good point. I think she probably falls a little short of Alexander Hamilton, but I, I like where you're going with that idea. You're welcome. I like where you're going with that idea. So I'm okay with Flora getting a little party. All right. Uh, Casey says, it's like M&B, Mary and Blake on vinyl. By the way, Taunton and Stoughton, Mary. <laughs> when Mary couldn't pronounce. I have a hard time with name. some words. <laughs> I also can't words say up. antibiotic. And- say it again? Nope. <laughs> I can't say that word. There's a couple of things that I have difficulty with. Oh, <laughs> uh, biotic. Uh, Robin here says that I feel like that people now just like hating on Roger and try to find reasons to do so. Yeah, they they want to join the Blake Club, even though Blake's a lightweight. I guess if you're going by those rubrics, <laughs> I will say yeah. that I have fun poking on Roger just because it gets everybody. Because you up. are Roger. Like that's the thing, Roger lovers. Blake's a history nerd. He can't build anything. Well, that's not true. I built this studio. Okay. He can build a studio. I, I've also how, built- How useful is that if multi, you travel through town? Multi-thousand dollar studios for, for clients too. Just okay. throwing that out there. Once again, super I useful. I built our irrigation 70- system. Which didn't work. It and works. now our brand new sod was thirsty. It works. Now it, it works. does, Blake. It didn't work for five days and we were gone. <laughs> So I'm just saying, I think he pokes fun because he sees Roger's inadequacies in the past. And Blake actually realizes that when the zombie apocalypse comes and it's pretty much like 1776, he's screwed. Yes, I will. He can't I even will say sing. This. He's literally I have, Roger. I have except no appreciable skills. No, I have no appreciable skills. I, I can't even I can start a fire if I have gas. <laughs> yeah, we've gone camping. And he couldn't even start a real fire. Uh, I had to do it. Oh, man. Do you even know how to bait a hook? Sure. I could do that. That means no. Yeah, you could do it, meaning you don't know how. I know how. You take the you, you, you mm-hmm. take the worm, you put it on the hook, and then you got a bait. Boom, I, done. I've been teaching our kids how to fish. I'm the survivalist, and that's why he eats Roger. <laughs> I treat Roger the same way I treat Hufflepuff on the on. I can't on, even. You just got to stop. You just got to stop. Because the things that you poke fun at, especially what he's been doing with Aiden's mom, Again, not saying I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that I that I. Have I wish not made I could travel mistake. through time, like whatever. How many years ago was it? Like twelve years ago, when you were a fool going to Eden's mom. Yeah, but well, I mean, let's also 
let's also. He's had multiple Aiden's moms. <laughs> okay. So don't lightweight him. I can lightweight him because I can lightweight myself for that. And I, I recognize my own foil. Again, we're talk, talking about uh, Jamie and Claire. Recognize my own foibles. I recognize my own issues that I got. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Let's move on. Um, Diane here says, it would take too much time for the show to rewrite the wrong that they have done to Roger's character. It is sad to hear how he's maligned in the show. Marvin, do you agree with that? Listen, Blake would be Roger, okay? Except Blake doesn't even have like the reverend aspect, so he would be really useless. <laughs> They'd just say you're loud. Can you please go and call people get, to get dinner? Get the loud guy. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth defends me. She says, poor Blake, he can't help his upbringing. If he was raised <laughs> by survivalists, he would have skills. No, he was raised in a posh household where they didn't even know what parfait was for poor people. <laughs> Sally says, it's so frustrating that two people that could have countered Nalva's claim are this, Ian and Roger, are part of the Fraser family. No one would believe them. Because Roger, oh, Roger did tell. Roger what? did tell. Because when when Claire's like, oh, Malva sleeps around, it's because Roger told her. But yeah, you're right. It's like, you can't bring those people to a jury. They're your family. That's true. They are a tad bias. I would agree. Not a tad, completely. Well, I mean, in the eyes of the law, they're, they're, they're biased. But, yes. I mean, I, and I would probably say... Morally, they're they're biased oh, as well. Oh, Loopy but... Sky is being so nice to you, Blake. Everyone has skills. Discover them. Oh, that needs Lupe. to be like your little mantra with a little <laughs> sticky note. Everybody has skills. Discover them. You know, like <laughs> what would be yours? Um, I don't know what my skill would be. Hmm. I just learned how to take seeds off of strawberries and to dry them out so you can make your own strawberry plants. That's what happens. GTFO. I did. Listen, COVID, long COVID has weird insomnia and I forgot to take my medicine last night. Claire, sign me up for the ridge. There's an open spot. Malva's gone. I can do strawberries. Fraser, strawberries, bring it. <laughs> okay. All right. Lara here says, Blake's Chernobyl take. I must be on the same dark and twisty wavelength, but I thought the same exact thing. I thought, darkly, that the father of the baby could be Alan or... Tom, gross. By the way, love the idea of it being Tom. Love this idea because that's why Malva wants to kill him. That's why Malva wants to get back at him because he did some bad things to her because he's so angry. And, and he, when, he, when he couldn't physically beat her, he found another way to get back at her. Oh, man. And not to say that I like the act, but I'm saying just the the dark nature of this and what Tom is capable of doing, I am in on this. But Tom got too much pleasure in beating Malva and Alan has a creepy, obsessive jealousy and protectiveness over his sister. I also believe either Tom or Alan is trying to blackmail Jamie with the baby for his money and an inheritance. We already know that Tom feels he should have everything Jamie has, but I didn't think about it from the angle that Alan could be trying to off his father and Claire in order to hide his secret and accuse Jamie. Actually, uh, C-sections did exist during Jamie's time. A cesarean section is named after Julius Caesar, presumably how he was birthed into the world. By the way, Blake, I am a super Marvel nerd and a comic book fan since teenhood. I also in interned at Marvel Comics in college. I know you don't have time for another podcast, but have you seen Moon Knight yet? 
And do you love it for the badass, amazing, trippy show that it is? First of all, just interning for Marvel Comics would be incredible. Secondly, I am a, I'm a, uh, an unashamed lover of all things Oscar Isaac. Mary knows that. She knows that very well. Uh, we actually watched Dune uh, last night, as a matter of fact. Mary was not a big fan of Dune. Oh my God. What the frick was the point? <laughs> I have yet to see Moon Knight. I intend on watching it. I cannot wait to watch it just because I love the creatives behind it and I love Oscar Isaac. And Moon Knight, the character, is just a cool – he's a cool character. So I'm in on that. I, can't, I cannot wait. All right. Let's do the next voicemail. Where are we, though, with our voicemail? That's the big question, Blake. Uh, where are we? Where are we? All right, here we go. Got it. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Stacy from Canada. Hi, Stacey. Um, my thoughts on uh, 606. Uh, my kilt rating is 4.8. Overall, I really did enjoy the episode. There was just like a few things. Um, my good was the stable scene between Jamie and Claire. I really, really loved how that mm -hmm. scene played out. Um, I thought Sam and Katrina were awesome. I loved the emotion. I had a fear that they were going to take this scene from the books and try to play up the drama and make the audience think that Claire truly believed for a length of time that Jamie did this rather than it being like a flicker of a doubt. Mm. Um, but they didn't. And I thought thought it was really awesome. My bad is just the lack of grieving Jamie over Claire potentially dying. Um, I know in the yeah. books, it's not something that we see because the illness is from her point of view. I was just hoping that the show would take the opportunity to show us rather than tell us how distraught and grief stricken he was. I could have used like a little bit more of that and maybe a little less of like Jamie and Malva having tea by the fire as Claire lay upstairs potentially dying. But <laughs> it's just me. Um, <laughs> and then my great was the ether nightmare um, at the end of the episode. I love that they, you know, gave some of Claire's internal thoughts and, and insecurities and, you know, stuff from the books and gave them to Malva to voice in this nightmare. I thought that was really cool. And I think it opens it up to potentially, like, I don't know what's going to happen next episode. Is she going to doubt herself? Is she going to feel guilty? I'm really interested to see. Anyway, thank you. Yay! Oh, Canada. Stacy, you call in anytime you... I know I've said this now a thousand <laughs> times. Stacy, you are well on the way to becoming a Marion Blake Hall of Fame caller. <clears throat> well on the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. You call anytime, girlfriend, because that was that was some good stuff. Oh, well, actually, hold on. Okay. We got a follow-up. Oh. Stacy again. Hi, Stacey. Um, it, sorry, it kept cutting me off at like a minute and 20 seconds. But yeah, just to wrap it up, um, Ether nightmare scene, way cool. Um, I'm so interested to see like where that goes and how that leads into the next episode because I have no idea. Um, you know, is she going to be doubting herself? Is she going to be feeling really guilty? Who knows? Um, I'm so interested to see like how that whole Ether situation kind of, and Claire's just like, struggle with her trauma is going to come to a head yeah. and when and how Jamie is going to find out. Um, but anyway, thanks guys, Mary. Um, I hope that you feel better j soon Thank and I you. hope that you start to, to, to feel better and sending you healing vibes to you and the whole Larson family. Thank you. And uh, anyway, thanks guys. Thank you, Stacy. Mary, how do you think we're getting right now? Like we're getting to the penultimate episode coming up soon here. How do you think... That's a swear word. I know. How do you think they're going to pay this off, this either thing? I Be don't know. And because, again, you are a book reader, but this clearly is not in the book. I don't um, know. So I think your your opinion is very important here. 
I think that it, I, I agree. I think that it's going to become Claire having a couple of moments of doubt. What do you mean? Or no, it's going to be a fight with her and Jamie a little bit. Cause he's going to say, why the hell didn't you hear this? It's right outside your window. Well, what do you mean? Like Claire, how did, how did Malva just get killed outside your window? Oh, okay. I got what the heck Claire. Gotcha. So will that? Where's your Where's your ring doorknob? Will that push? Will they, where's your ring doorknob? <laughs> <laughs> will this push Jamie down the road of? Ooh, maybe Claire did do this. Like, I know she's not patient. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just I'm 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 excited. Here's the thing. Like, is. Is this whole giant ether storyline different than the books? Yes. But I do kind of like when they do this because it puts everybody on the same playing field where we yes. all sit here and say, mm, okay, what's going to happen tonight? Yes. What's going to happen? Because it's, and I think it's a fair thing for a show to do to put all of its viewers in the same boat. And my reaction to this would be, yeah, I mean, did did the ether happen in the book? No, but it's still reasonable for it to happen within the show. So it's not like it's taking this thing out of left field and saying, "Ah, oh, gotcha." It's like, no, no, like this this is perfectly reasonable for this thing to happen. And it's been an ongoing long lie in this relationship. So I just think that it's an, a very interesting thing that relationships do go through, uh, where sometimes people keep a little, not a little, but a, a lie and hide things. So. It's just I'm I'm here on this journey. I am not here to be a cranky complainer of how dare they do this. I'm here for the ride to see how it plays out. And I think that uh, when this episode comes out, it's going to play out in a big way. Mm -hmm. And we may be proud of how it how it all comes together or not. Yep. Dorinda says, I know. I know it won't. This is the. Oh, I know it won't. This is the antithesis, Claire, with uh, Jamie last week. Ultimate trust in unconditional love. Um, I think it's important that we have this moment between Jamie and Claire in mm -hmm. the bed, and and then recognizing their love and all the other stuff, mm -hmm. for then it to come out this way, like the opposite of that. Like th there is a a separation between them as it relates to what Jamie was doing with Malva mm -hmm. and then how Claire isn't necessarily in the right either. She's still hiding something from Jamie and she shouldn't be. So I, I think that this is actually a cool, it's not all on Jamie and it's not all on Claire. It's on both of them. And I think that's a really important distinction. For What's them. on Jamie? Um, allowing, well, first of all, allowing himself to be put in a position with Malva where she could use this information against him. I mean, it's not 2022. It's tough. But I agree. Being alone, it's, I, hey, um, yeah. I'm going to let you know, I do need to go pick up our son. Okay. So Blake is going to be finishing up the rest of this episode. Okay, because you have plenty of voicemails. All right, well, let's do so, the next voicemail, and then you can go. I, okay. Let's do the next voicemail, and you can okay, go. I get one, but then you can do the rest of them okay. sans Mary, because right, I have enough. to pick right, up our go. kid. 
Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Pete from Chigsbury in the UK. Hi, Hi Pete. Pete. It's Easter, so I thought let's have a bit of fun. Happy Easter. Now, Blake, I know you're Rhode Island's modern day Shakespeare. Well, obviously. Too, and have a range of Blakeisms and your collection of sound bites. <laughs> so I thought I'd do a review that tries to incorporate as many of these as I can. See how many you can spot or hear. Okay. This might go over 90 seconds, so apologies. This episode blew my doors off, Ding. Marvin. So let's Ding. release the hounds. Ding. Claire was on the ether again, or was she Sassanac wasted Ding. on Fergus's homemade whiskey? She needed Brie, her cousin, from Boston. <laughs> I'm not Ding. even going to attempt the accent, Blake, or rather her daughter. But Brie was too busy telling Roger that her daddy had an affair with the 1960s equivalent of the pie hussy. <laughs> Earlier on, we saw poor Roger sitting on his horse and cart all afternoon, anxious to get to his next date with history. <laughs> Roger, there's no point in waiting. Where you're going, you don't need no road. Oh, Just get off the horse and walk. In another scene, we see Roger preaching to his congregation. You're a wizard, Harry, stroke Roger. <laughs> How do you come up with such dull speeches? <laughs> Mrs. What's-her-name, whose house you were mending, she isn't bothered. She's on the front bench all doe-eyed for Roger. I expected her to leap off the bench at any moment, proclaiming, and I will always love you, oh, Roger, ding, despite ding, your facial ding. growth, which gets ever more ridiculous with every episode. <laughs> it's Pete again. Hi there. Hi. I'll Keep carry on. Yes. Talking to the congregation, be damned with them all. All that Jamie has done for those fisher folk, and they have zero faith in him. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Bug whistled down, spread to the gossip <laughs> on Malva and Jamie. That's what she said, so it must be true. Ding! Bloody fisher folk. How to tell when the hosts, or rather the ridge, aren't listening. Oh my ding, ding, ding. Marvel's brother Alan is throwing it out there that Claire is a witch, but we all know he's basically the ridge's number one log carrier, so he gives a monkeys. Stats are for nerds, Alan. <laughs> Mark me, it's Dakota Fanning Weird Malva you need to be concerned about. Leg hair with eyebrows. <laughs> Finally, Claire decides to ask Tom Christie for a sample of his feces. No messing about from Claire. She wants horses, not ponies. Oh, ding. Tom can't refuse a surgeon's medical request, can he? He's take bunkered. Ding. Yes, he can, Claire. Please hang up and try again, Claire, with someone else's stool sample. Ding. Okay, I hear you saying, land the plane, oh. Helen. I'm out. I'm done. See you next week. Oh, Lord. Pete, that was awesome. That was stats are for nerds, Alan. Pete. Oh no, I know. I'm saying, but that's what he no, said. No, I'm saying. No, oh. I know. I know. I'm. I'm oh. saying, Pete, you just, you just made my day. That was Hall of Fame. That was worthy. so good. That that is going into the Marion Blake Hall of Fame. And, but it can't be uh, pick up my kid late worthy. So no, on no, that note, no. Blake's will, gonna take over. I will take. Love the rest. you all so much. You know Keep Here, going, Blake. Bet Betty's gonna join us. There we go. <laughs> Betty, what did you think of uh, Pete's amazing voicemail? <laughs> Oh, good. All right. Thank you, Betty. I appreciate that. Let me get my headphones on so I can hear you talk. Oh, man. That was good, 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 man. Pete, you just made my day. You blew my doors off with that voicemail. That is immediately going into the Hall of Fame. You come back. Like I, Anna says this on Facebook. Pete, you can come back anytime. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Going right to the Mary and Blake Media Hall of Fame. That's it. That is... Oh, man, Pete, wait. you know what, everybody, the internet's done today. We're done. Pete won. Everybody you just, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Pack it up. And that's, that's it. That's the end. 
<laughs> All right, let's get some of these other things here uh, down because... Wow. All right. Janelle says, hello, Nerd Clan. I was almost wasn't sure if I'd say anything this week as this episode was a little too close for comfort. I'm not sure if I can give this a kilt rating because it's just too hard to be objective about it. I believe it was after episode 602 or 603 when I wrote in and mentioned the dark underbelly of gossip and rumors. And this is it in all of its glory. I don't know what it is about the human condition that causes people to... Stop, stop. What? We have two kids. Both of them have to be picked up right now. Oh. Stop. Okay, we got to stop. Okay. We have two kids. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they're in different directions. They are in different directions. <laughs> and they both need to be picked up at four. Okay. All right. Well then, ladies and gents. Okay, I'm so sorry. We have to end this quickly. We'll have a part two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. You just came in like a tornado. <sighs> okay, well, gotta go pick up my kids, ladies and gents. Um, we'll have a part two, I think. Hopefully, we'll see. Betty, what do you think? Okay, thanks, Betty. <sighs> we'll have a part two. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. everybody. <laughs>Well, Nerd Clan, what for you was a brief, oh, three or four seconds was an entire day for Mary and I. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, that was that was wild. That was literally wild, what just happened. <laughs> I, I, I mean, go, going, <laughs> we have two kids! We have two of them! We, we, had, our, we had our Kevin McAllister moment there we for did. a minute. We did, yeah. <laughs> I think because I was so focused on the one that I knew I needed to pick up, and yes. I didn't... And we just forgot the other one. Oh, my God. Hopefully she never hears this. She probably will someday. Someday. (laughs) But you got her in time. You got her in time. We got her in time. We're good. We we came back. There's... (laughs) There's no warrants out for my arrest or anything. We're we're in good shape. <laughs> Having said that, ladies and gents, we're getting back to our listener feedback that we started yesterday. We're going to finish this up today, and hopefully it will be published today as well. So back to Janelle, who is at jointhenerdclan.com. Let's read her feedback that we started and we're <laughs> abruptly disturbed. Hello, NerdClan. I was almost wasn't sure if I would say anything this week, as this episode was a little too close for comfort. I'm not sure if I can give this a kilt rating because it's hard to be objective about it. I believe it was after episode 602 or 603 when I wrote in and mentioned the dark underbelly of gossip and rumors. And this is it in all of its glory. I don't know what it is about the human condition that causes people to choose to rumor over the lie. After this, the Frasers are going to need all the copays, and they're probably wishing they went to New Bern with Fursley and company. Mm-hmm. After I took advantage of my own copays, I realized this episode could have also been titled Mean Girls on the Ridge. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Bug and Malva cutting Claire's hair is a totally mean girl move. They may have claimed they did it to save Claire, but let's be real. They probably had a good time, especially especially Lady Whistlebug. <laughs> I'm making that a shirt, by the way. It's going to happen. <laughs> She's probably still upset about all the wasted bread from last season. And after cutting fingers, cutting hair must have been so easy for Malva. It's too bad we couldn't have seen Bree catch them in the act and go AWOL. Malva's ha- had a great ride being a mean girl. If Alan was a decent shot or a better thief, Malva would probably have a pink cap to wear on Fridays. Since most people on the ridge can't read, a burn book was not an option. (laughs) (laughs) And Malva had to resort to some extreme techniques. A burn book. (laughs) 
Oh, God, I love the nerd clan. Unfortunately, she's not Regina George and can't come back from dying in the garden and join the Ridge Shinty team. It's a little dark, but maybe Malva slit her own throat as the ultimate kicker to Claire. The rumors are only going to get worse, especially if Lady Whistlebug sees what's happening in the garden. Brief aside, Marvin, Mm -hmm. what do you think about Malva slitting her own throat? You can't do that. Why not? I mean, like, she's not a samurai. I know, but I like the idea that she lied, and she did something, and she couldn't take it anymore, and she said, F you to Claire, and decided, I'm going to do this in your garden so you get screwed. I just don't think slitting your own throat is like... A thing? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair. And I feel like if she wanted to, um, you know, unalive herself, that she would have used one of Claire's devil potions instead. And they probably would have found a knife there. The knife is there. Is it there? Right? Or is that just her pruning knife that is right there? I can't remember. I have to look. No. Is the, go- the murder weapon there? The good. The sweet moments between Claire and Jamie as she recovers wonderful were wonderful. The more interesting character development for me was Bree admitting her daddy, Frank, Sandy Candy, trust issues to Raja. I totally agree. And I hope they do a follow-up in the next two episodes. Bree seeing Frank and Claire's marriage and then finding out the truth about Jamie and time travel did a number on Bree's ability to form a healthy romantic relationship. And Roger also grew up in The Bachelor Reverend. They don't have much to go on for building a healthy marriage. And that's why we see them struggle so much in seasons four and five. In the books, we actually see Bree struggle more with Aiden's mom because Bree came across some more evidence of Frank's after-school activities when she was younger. The bad. After living through a pandemic, I think we probably threw all through the popcorn at the TV when Lizzie touched her face in grief, especially after how Claire told her not to. Granted, Lizzie was in shock. However, it also shows me the time-culture difference with Lizzie being more concerned about Claire's cursing than getting dysentery. Dysentery also brings back the trauma of playing Oregon Trail as kids. Sorry, Blake, but you're making Oregon sound more exotic than it is. Uh, I said Oregon. It's it's supposed to be Oregon, Mm, right? Oregon. No, it's Oregon. You do it how you want. Yeah, Oregon. You're making Oregon sound more exotic than it is. Uh, probably. I, I I am, maybe, but I still pronounce it Oregon Trail. Migrate. All the confrontations. No, that's like how we all say it here on the East Coast. Yeah, we say Oregon. Oregon. Wait, hold no, on. No, we say Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. The Oregon Trail game. Yeah, the Oregon Trail. But the only person, the only person I've known who says Oregon is my friend who grew up in Oregon. Yeah, it's Banana Land. Well, it's not Banana Land. No, it is. Think about, no, just like how we have, um, you know, many places around here. So we're, our local tribe, of American Indians from here are called the Narragansett tribe. Yes. And so we have a lot of names that are Narragansett. And then we also have a lot of like old English names that we pronounce differently. So like we say Coventry, but it's named after Coventry. Sure. So if British people came over, if other people from other areas of the world came over, they'd be like, no, it's Coventry. Well, then we're saying it's it Coventry. Wrong. Listen, when, when we're the entire world- We're not saying it wrong. It's, our, it's <laughs> when, our city. When the entire world says it one way and, and we say it the other way, guess what? We're wrong. Just like the people of Oregon. Just because you're from Oregon and you say Oregon doesn't mean that you're saying it right. Everybody else says Oregon. So why are you going to be different? Because that is theirs. <laughs> it's like it's like our son's name. Uh-huh. Okay, a lot of people miss no, no, that's mis- just, say his that's name. A, that's because they can't read it. No, people don't know how to say his name. But everybody knows how. Everybody knows how to read Oregon. They just pronounce no. it differently. Oh my god! 
Continue. <laughs> it's Oregon. You should just be happy that I'm not from there. <laughs> My great. All the confrontations. Jamie's utter shock at Malva's accusations. Claire and Jamie conversation. The bond was gut-wrenching. Although Claire's reaction to Mary McNabb was hilarious. The poor pie hussy from season four didn't even get a shout out. Claire's visit to Tom Christie was great, as was his reaction to her asking for a poop sample. I guess he hasn't been using the poop emoji in his texts, perhaps? Maybe he's like my mom, who thought it was a chocolate kiss the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, I have to get a poop sample from Lumos. Why? Because I have to bring her to the vet. I haven't brought her since the pandemic oh, started. Okay. All right. Well, that's easy. We can do that. We don't have to wait behind, behind her you with can a cup. Do, no, you don't. No, that's no you wouldn't walk behind someone with a cup, Blake. You, you never do it know. in the bathroom. Hey, if you need if a they poop, got dysentery, it pfft. could happen anywhere. Could happen anyways. You got to walk behind them with a cup. See? Yeah. I told yeah. you. Class confrontation God. with Two Faced Malvo so was glad great. You're not a nurse. By the way, I loved how both Tom and Jamie are disgusted. No wonder I'm still sick. <laughs> when he tries to fight Jamie, Tom may think Jamie is the baby's dad, but Alan is still the lowest on the totem pole. The best, however, Claire escaped to the ether, but it didn't work this time. I've been waiting for this moment, and it did not disappoint. It revealed some of Claire's insecurities about Jamie still loving her as they age. It also shows the toll that being ostracized takes. Claire knows Jamie is telling the truth, but being rejected by our entire community can cause small deeds, uh, small seeds of doubt, and it manifests itself in the ether dream. And then, seeing Claire's utter heartbreak as she sees Malva's body and tries to save the baby was the ultimate kicker. If Claire hadn't huffed ether and answered the door, would Mean Girl Malva still be alive? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait next week to find out. Cue the Law and Order sound effect. Dun dun. <laughs> Random afterthought, though. Did any of the other music nerds find themselves humming Make it, make Our Garden Grow from Leonard Bernstein's Candide after this episode? Marvin, did you? <laughs> because you're a music dork, so I figured... Oh. Huh. Sure. I, 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 you know, I, I've said it before. My favorite jam is Lizzie's love story from this season. What? I'm not listening. How to tell when the hosts aren't listening. <laughs> I was having a hard time finding this comment in the Google Drive. <laughs> I got distracted and I couldn't find this comment in the Google Drive. What are you trying to ask me that's a musical? <laughs> oh, make our garden grow. <laughs> I totally was wrong. My favorite jam. <laughs> I as I'm like pulling you up the Google what? Drive before gonna, we start. You're gonna get two. <laughs> oh my gosh! When the hosts. I loved listening. this because I like came down with my iPad and Blake's like, oh, you know, I know we started and started, stopped and started, and it was crazy. So I will read the first one. I was not paying attention, just <laughs> scrolling, reading other ones. Oh, no. <laughs> that might have been the worst how to tell your hosts aren't listening. Yeah, that was the worst one. Ever. <laughs> you're like, you're you're like, like music, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah, my favorite jam is when Malva's... It is, <laughs> it's not, Malva's one is not my favorite Lizzie's. jam. It's Lizzie's love story. Okay. It wasn't even close. Not even close. I am. Yep. You know what this was like? What? This... <laughs> my 
stomacher. This reminds me so much of the many times I fell asleep in history class and the teacher would pick me and I would just make up people's names. Bob Washington. I knew George Washington, but I named everyone Bob. Mary, who did this? Uh, uh, Bob. Bob Smith. <laughs> Bob Smith. And then they'd know. Mary was sleeping again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that was great. I don't know how I scored so well in tests because oh. I don't pay attention most of the you time. Know what? You and Pete. You you because that was so, so bad. overtly bad. Was and so Pete bad. because he was so overtly great in his call. Yeah. You're both getting this. Okay. Can I also, friends, I need to give you a heads up. Yesterday I felt good. <laughs> Today she does Today not. I do not feel good. So remember, this podcast is recorded over two days. I have good days, and then I have two recovery days And after. then you have Lizzie's my favorite jam kind of day. <laughs> so I am on a lot of medicine right now. I just came down from a half nap. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. So... I'm not really She's here. She's a little slow to the update. I'm, I'm Claire on the ether right yeah, now. Yeah. You know who I am? What? I'm more like Aunt Joe Casta. Oh, yeah. On that's, a boat? That's <laughs> Basically, I'm on a boat. Get my flippy floppies. While you're at Kinko's making copies. <laughs> okay, uh, continue. All right. Uh, RR Studio chimes in. She says, uh, just going to say this once. Blake is... Really well, I'm just going to say this. Blake makes the Google Drive document. You know so. what? Either way. Bam! Just like that. A winner! So, you know what? For this one time, what? I will say you are. Thank you. Because I'm on, I'm on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Gallucci says, uh, five kilts for this episode of The Good. The name of the episode, The World of Outlander, was turned upside down here for Jamie and Claire. The episode title is telling us at this moment in time for the Frasers is going to impact them in a huge way. First, their marriage is questioned, then they are rejected from society, and now Claire will likely be thought of as a murderer. Could it get any worse? Also, I did some research, and I guess the world turned upside down was a tune from Revolutionary War that the Redcoats sang when defeated at Yorktown, I think. I'll, I thought this was just a Hamilton tune, which is, this is a cool history fact. The bad. Malva holding up that baby. Malva holding that baby in the first scene. I just kept thinking she's going to do something weird. Yeah, because she's freaking Malva weird. Malva. Great. The conversations between Claire and Jamie this whole episode were very sweet. I loved the church PDA and thought that this was very 20th, mm -hmm. 21st century of Jamie. Guys like that didn't cuddle. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think. But Jamf did here for the church cuddles. Oh, God, church cuddles. Same. Church cuddles are great. Same. Also, you two are so right. Mosley would have definitely taken down Malva if she hadn't been in New Bern. Jamie's face when Malva accused him was was priceless, by the way. Lastly, bad stuff always happens when Claire's left alone. Can Jamie just not leave Claire anymore? Goodness. I, I think mean, Malva was briskly waking up to Claire's surgery to apologize, and then after not getting in to let her... Uh, after not getting let in, she met her unfortunate end. Not sure if we ever will learn why Malva was visiting Claire here, but I feel like it may have been to say she was sorry for being a complete and total jerk. That'd be nice. Thank you for all you do, Mary and Blake. And Mary, feel better very soon. I felt better yesterday. I hope she doesn't feel better because then we can still get Lizzie Jam moments. Mm -hmm. Blake. <laughs>
<laughs> He's the worst. Oh man, it's it's just it's just so good. Okay. All right. Angela. Um, hold on. Is this get... Angela's final one? I know you split hers up. Yes, well, this yeah, is the final um, one. But I want to do I want to do the last voicemail here that we got. Oh, there's we'll, another one? Yeah, you we'll... have to take your headphones off again because oh, okay. our yep. daughter right, took ours. Yep, I got it. Hold this on. is this is the problem. Our daughter took our headphones. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Anyway, this is Paula again. Oh, oh wait, hold on. I got the wrong one. Sorry. Here it is. Hi guys, this is Paula. I wanted to talk about um, this episode of Outlander. Hello. One thing that stood out to me um, was a conversation that Brianna and Roger had about Frank and um, Sandy and, you know, how she used to think her dad was honorable before she found out about Sandy. And I kind of think it's not fair to call him dishonorable. I'm a Frank fan, but hear me out anyway. Um, he, they had an arrangement, him and Claire. Like, she knew that he was doing it with other women and she didn't care in the show the universe they were raising brianna together and you know he could do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it that was their thing so to me him having sandy is not dishonorable but the question was did brianna know about it i'm thinking no because at that point claire is trying to sell jamie to her and it probably would help to elevate Jamie if she told Brianna that Frank was cheating on her. And she did tell her that, you know, about Sandy because Brianna saw Sandy. But um, I don't think she necessarily explained the arrangement the two of them had. I could be wrong, and if I am, let me know. Yeah, you know, Paula, I don't remember if, like, Claire was okay with it in the in the show's universe in the show universe um i can't remember but let's just say for the sake of argument that she was i don't think she liked it in her face yeah okay fair enough i think it was known i was like okay if you're gonna do it you do you yes. do it but like don't don't, don't do it in front of me it. don't have your hussy come on over here and do this kind of thing yeah so let's just say for the sake of argument that that is the case mary right um here's my question is it dishonorable for what Claire, what for what Frank did? If they had like wh- whatever we think about their arrangement, that that's irrelevant. Like their arrangement is something that they agreed upon for their marriage, right? Is was Frank doing a wrong thing? Mm, if it's agreed upon, if they both are okay, truly, yeah. Like, like if they're not get, if they're not forcing one another to do something that they didn't want to do. If in show universe she said, "Let's stay together for Brianna's sake," but if you want to go be with someone else in your spare time because that person makes you happy, and I'm not making you happy, and you're not making me happy, then that's okay. Then. No, he wasn't being dishonorable. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you on this because again, it's their marriage. Like irrespective of what we would determine for our marriage, what is good or anybody else's marriage, that's theirs and that works for them. And as long as they're both in agreement, then who are we to say that that's bad, right? Like how, who are we to say like, that doesn't mean Brianna can't be messed up from it. Like that doesn't mean that Brianna can't look at that and say, Whoa. Cause couldn't one argue Claire is dishonorable. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Without and that wasn't with without Frank's, Frank's consent. Consent. Granted, Frank wasn't alive, but yeah, it it goes. I mean, and and, <clears throat> and you know, she then even chooses like, no, nope, I want to stay with Jamie and not go back to my husband, yeah. like my other husband, the first one. So it is a very very sticky thing. And I agree. I feel like at this point, Brie in the show doesn't fully understand the complexity that was um, happening, or she does understand the complexity and says, my dad, my dad (laughs) (laughs) may not be 100% pure in this because humans are complex. Even my daddy, Frank, Mm -hmm. you know, had someone on the side and you know she doesn't say look at what claire did you know but i think on the flip side it's brie just saying humans are humans and nobody is perfect yeah fair i I think that's a fair judgment and i think i think brie in terms of romantic relationships as janelle pointed out earlier uh or it might have been laura i can't remember who but either one um yeah she's got a lot of co-pays about this and, and it, that's hard and keep in mind too you know like all of this was happening um for her to be saying this about frank and now her husband has been having time spent you know with aiden's mom yeah. so it's just very complex so it kind of puts it into perspective as well like she has the right to ask him no matter what but also she's saying out loud humans are hum- humans make mistakes yep and there's and there's nothing wrong to say that by the way mm-hmm. like i think it's fair i think it's fair to say that all right angela chimes in she says uh 4.9 kilts from her it's an excellent adaptation and lots of book dialogue and here's some feedback from the podcast so the first so first the episode title wasn't meant to rip from hamilton it's the chapter title that included malva's accusation on claire's sickness mary is right it needed more gravity a big mistake was moving the banter between jamie and malva to the middle of claire's sickness it diminished jamie's grief and forecasted the coming twists uh angela i think you're right on that I think you're right. Blake, regarding the twist impact, my main issue was this wonderful season is how they've much, they've telegraphed. Maybe it's due to the short season or the show's tendency to spoon feed, but in the book, everything in this episode and likely the next two blew your mind. Yes, I would say that the show does tend to spoon feed. Malva had a slight bit of oddness, but not the super creepy vibes. We didn't know about the mother being burned as a witch, and we never knew about Malva cutting bits of the Sin Eater away. All of that came out after the murder. Alan was mostly in the background, and Tom is the one that revealed that uh, is the only one revealed the same way. I'm bummed the show watchers aren't getting the same level of shock. And Blake, if Tom was falling in love with Claire, he would be stuffing it down because he'd want to block the feelings. He certainly couldn't act on them. So a viewer shouldn't have more than a twinge, if anything. And on the pregnancy timing, Jessica Reynolds said Malva realized she was pregnant between episodes two and three. The confrontation scene was perfect with lots of book dialogue, superb acting and direction. And the great Jamie Payne stepped in as a director Mm. for this scene and you can tell yes mary i agree one grief-stricken drunk encounter would have been easier to believe than a dozen Mm -hmm. and on jamie's confession jamie wanted claire to know he was being honest so he told her about mary when she would never have found out otherwise to prove that if he had grief sex with malva he would tell her and with regard to brie the show has toned brie down a lot i think to make her more likable and in the process they've made her more vanilla On page, she is bold, brave, determined, and fiery-tempered, but also compassionate, loyal, and intelligent. 
I always called her a Da Vinci type, a blend of engineer and artist. Hopefully we will get more of this side of Brie in season seven. Lastly, Claire's dreams. The fever dream images have all have meaning. The snake is Malva. The virus is what's attacking her body. The storm is coming and holding her beating heart represented her holding on to life, letting it go, symbolizing her letting it go, go to die. She is nearly gone, but seeing Malva comforting Jamie brings her back, much like the high-powered Handy in season five brought Jamie back. Claire is very sensitive to energies around her, which were emerging in her dream. The Ether Dream voiced all of Claire's internal insecurities and fears through Malva's image. I know many book fans don't like the Ether choice, but it adds a fantastic element here because now Claire will have the additional struggle of compounded guilt. Had she not been under Ether, she would have been ans- she would have answered the door, preventing Malva's death. Brilliant added layer. Agreed. Agreed. My one question, Mary, I keep I, I hear like all the things that are happening in this season and. All I hear is just like repetition from previous seasons, just in different from okay. So from what Angela just said, well, not. I mean, yes, from what Angela said, but also just from the the like the. I don't think I understand what you're saying is repeating. Um, like, are you saying you're you're hearing repeating type comments? Are you no 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 like content 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 from Outlander just packaged differently? You know whether it is um. Yeah, uh, you know, th- there's questions of infidelity, or there is, um, you know, some girl trying to hit on Jamie, or there is obviously there's um, there is quite possibly uh, a, uh, an accusation of um, you know sexual misconduct, and and then also there is this declaration of Claire being a witch, and it, there's just a lot of Similar content, just packaged differently. Well, I will say that that's how it is in most shows, okay? (laughs) Like, you generally have same theme lines. So, Claire is from the future. There are going to be things that highlight that and make her questionable in the society nowadays. And Claire does have special, you know, um, senses, like like Angela was saying. So, I think having that ongoing theme is important. Just like... You're a nerd, just like I'm a musician mm-hmm. who loves Lizzie's theme. Um, <laughs> that will be ongoing. So I don't think that it's bad. I think that, um, yes, it sucks to read about um, rape. And yes, it sucks to read about like people hitting on Jamie. But Jamie's hot AF. And Jamie probably was hit. You know, people like Jamie are probably hit on all the time. And people do get raped. Once again, I'm not saying I want it to happen a lot. And so I'm glad it's not happening on screen in this season. Um, The things that were shown last season happened in this book. Mm -hmm. So I am thankful that that kind of topic isn't actually in this season for all the times we've been like oh my gosh you know especially show watchers only like more rape oh my gosh like it's not here um in this season on screen malva is of course saying that she had sex um and we know that she had like consensual sex with other (laughs) other people obviously so it's just to me i'm not complaining saying like oh my gosh it's the same okay Uh, i'm not complaining i'm just i'm thinking about it and i'm and i'm gonna tell you hold on tight spider monkey for season seven okay fair enough 
Fair enough. I'm, I can I can get on board with as, that. As many are showing, it, this is the calm before the storm. So, gotcha. Okay. Okay? All right. Fair enough. The storm is coming. All right, Mavini. Uh, that, that is the end of all of our uh, listener feedback. feedback. Um, yeah. It's now time for the preview. Are you ready to do this? Yes, as long as you take your headphones off so I can Oh, yes, so you can hear it as well. Thank you. Okay, hold on. So this is the preview for the penultimate. Yes. Okay. All right, here we go. Your wife stands before us up to her elbows in blood. I mean, not really. But a life. What are you implying, lad? Everyone Lynch has questions. Choose your next words wisely. Reduce something like this. Whoever it was, we'll find them. Guns. We'll keep looking. Lizzie, you seen the Beardsleys anywhere? Surely you couldn't think that they. Yeah, surely you couldn't think that they did. First of it. all, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go. Uh, you don't need to have it audible, but let's go bit by bit just okay. so we can kind of dig into it. All right, hold on. We'll, we'll go. We'll go back to the original here. Here we go. You, you don't need the volume. Your wife stands before us up to her elbows. In okay, blood. so can you press okay. pause? Tom's yep. being dramatic. Yeah, it, it's. It, I, you know what? It's dr- drama for the sake of drama. Yes, stands up to her elbows in blood. Okay, first. It, there's off, not a lot of blood there. There's not a lot of blood on. Not even on her elbows. Shut it's up, like Tom. they got a little bit of on her on her waistcoat there. Whatever and it is. How is he just so chill? He's like, yeah, my daughter was just murdered and. You got blood up to your elbows. I mean, I'm not that chill. When and anything? No. <laughs> if this, Ever. If this, if this was Jamie. Oh. If this was Marsley. Oh, Marsley. Oh, forget about I'd it. I'd have Marsley vibes at this point. Oh, all right, here we go. With a knife. Okay, Alan. With shut a up. knife. He's ready to play Clue. With a knife. He loves Clue is his favorite board game. If it's game night, he doesn't want to <laughs> play categories. No, no, no. He doesn't like you no, know he what? He sucks at categories. You know what? Uh what's the other ones that that, that are their categories and like he doesn't like play like sorry. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do, do he doesn't do cards against humanity. He likes risk. He can do risk occasionally. But he loves Clue. Clue like because he wants to blame everyone, but and him. You know, he's always Colonel Mustard. Oh, and you know what always he gets really Colonel pissed. Mustard. What he gets really pissed when Colonel Mustard actually is inside the envelope. Oh yeah, because he's like, "Come on, man! It's not me. It's not me. I didn't do it. Cuh. Especially I didn't do it with a stupid wrench. Would have been the candlestick. <laughs> if I were to do it, yeah, it'd be like OJ. If I did with do a it, knife with a with a knife. I just have to hear that again because it's so bad. It's just so bad with a knife. And like he looks so angry. Oh god. Implying lad. Everyone on the ledge has questions. Choose your next words. Wisely. Okay, I love that it's like the guy that Malva was banging in the church. Right. Everybody has questions. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Who are you? I, I, and I, I do like this. I do like this line from Jamie, choose your word your next words wisely. Like I You're gonna use that in life. I will well, I kinda I kinda have already when I was like when I told the lady that wanted to ask you the questions when you were uh I feel um, like you're going to use that on our kids. Oh, choose your next words wisely. Like yes, when they're 16. There are some phrases from Outlander that we are we are going to use for the rest of our lives. <laughs> like you've you've set the bar. What was it, uh, Frank? My expectations were low to begin you, with, and, and you, you met, met them. them. Oh yes, we use that. We've all used the time. that several yep, times. We've used that and choose your next words wisely. I like that. Whoever it was, this 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 trailer. We've got two of them now. No wonder he needs glasses. He's squinting all the time. He shouldn't just have reading glasses. <laughs> I think he needs bifocals. Yep, and this looks like the jabroni's coming, 
right here. This looks like the jabronis coming. Where'd they to... get all their guns? Well, because oh. they're the, the they got the gun, guns wow. from you know. Uh huh. So there you, there you go. Because they're the um, they're helping the safety committee. <sighs> yep. You know what this? That's like what? Like self-imposed crossing guards or oh yeah, the bus monitors. You just want to be like, get out of here, guy. Like I was a you? crossing guard, but then I get hit by a car, so that didn't go over too well. <laughs> Real quick, we'll keep looking. Oh, Claire. You seen the beards place anywhere? Where you been? Surely you couldn't think that they. She looks a lot better. Uh, her glow up is good, but I don't like this. This surely you don't think that they could uh, that 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 they. None they, of us think they, it's the Beardsleys. Like none no. of us do. Like this. This is the part of the trailer that just, that just blows the whole thing up. This is why we often hate trailers. I hate this part. Like this is put in there. I liked everything up until right here, and it's acted poorly. Like surely you think it was wasn't they could you know like get out of it. First of all, nobody talks like that. Secondly, Lizzie does. No, li- mm. yeah. Mm. Like, th- let's just listen to it again. I listen mean, to maybe it again. People talked like that in old days. Surely you couldn't think that they. <laughs> Surely you think that they couldn't. They. Like, I mean, it's very sing-songy. It's that's v- kind of how Lizzie talks. I don't know. It's just it, it's very we writerly. Just, you know, we just haven't spent enough time with Lizzie. Yeah. Fair. So I, I, I think that that is kind of how her her speech cadence is. It's just that this this style like. Of trailer. Surely you think that they, you know, with the intensity of the music at that very yeah, moment, it's just very writerly. What like, and you can tell when things like this happen in movies when someone says, "My God," you know, like something mm. like that. Yeah, no one ever says, "My God," like no one ever says that. And something like this is never played out like that. Like there, there is that specific break after the they to just create dramatic effect, and Which she's pausing for no job. reason. Other than because the trailer needs her to pause, which I hate that. It's just it's so. Okay, ugh. but aside from Lizzie, who I've who I've missed. Aside from Lizzie, trailer's good. I like it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I like it. All right, you ready to close this bad boy out? Yes. And if you think you're not getting out of this week without some Hamilton, you are sadly mistaken. The Battle of Yorktown. 1781. Monsieur Hamilton. Monsieur Lafayette. In command where you belong. Are you saying no sweater? We're finally on the field. We've had quite a run. Immigrants, we, we get, get the job done. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite moments in the whole show. When they clap and everybody cheers like crazy. Yes. Love that moment. So. So good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us and watch us live and watch us freak out about our kids and having our Kevin McAllister moment. And Pete, I just want to throw this out oh there. Gosh, Pete. Pete, unbelievable call. Like, stupid good call. Like, I, I don't even know how you did that. I, I don't even know either. Wow. Just unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is immediately going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, without that, that is the second call in like in as many as months that is just foregoing the the like mandatory waiting period. That's just going right in. Okay. Like, because it's worthy. It's worthy. It's totally worthy. Oh my god, that just blew my day. So, ladies and gents, as we propel into the penultimate and um, finale episodes, make sure that you're staying in touch with us on social medias. If you enjoy OutlanderCast, please make sure that you head on over to jointhenerdclan.com, where it's as little as $2 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. You can be contributing to this mom-and-pop podcast that is slightly chaotic at times, (laughs) but... 
By the way, we hit our goal. We hit 900 members at jointhenerdclan.com. Yeah. So all the members that are there, we are going to put up a post where you get to vote on whatever it is you want for the reward. And you can still join yes. and be part of that voting. Yes, absolutely. Uh, join, get your get your voice heard, and you will be able to help decide what the reward is. Uh, we haven't done the post yet, but hopefully we're going to get that taken care of. Sweet Pete. Um, yeah, please go to maryandblake.com to... Check out all of our great podcasts that we have going on. As soon as Outlander ends, we are going to be doing Bridgerton, Bridgerton, which I'm very excited about. So as soon as Outlander ends, Bridgerton will start up for season two. In the meantime, we are doing This Is Us. When that ends, we are going to tackle season five of The Last Kingdom. And bring back Potter. And bring back Potter. So that's that's the, the hope. And by then, I'll be in the long COVID clinic. So hopefully, <laughs> I'll be in better shape. Oh, goodness. So me. search us out uh, on, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media, Mary and Blake. Go to maryandblake.com. Once again, check it all out. And of course, go to outlandercast.com to check out all of the amazing blogs and, and, and articles that we have there from the Outlandercast staff. They are amazing They're at writing everything that they do. We're putting content out weekly uh, it's just it's a great place it's a great place and of course don't forget about the mary and blake facebook group that that's where you want to be if you want to go nerd about the things if you got all of pete's jokes oh so much and you need to be in the mary yes. and blake facebook if you group. like pete's jokes you need to be in the mary and blake <laughs> facebook hold on hold on hold on Another musical that Blake and I were listening to was Come From Away. Oh, I like I do like that one. That play is extraordinary. So if you're looking for something to listen to and watch, um, that's that's a highly recommended S T F D. Okay, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. For those of you who know that show, you'll get that. Yes. And if you don't know the show, it's brilliant. Oh, it's it's so bloody funny. brilliant. Bloody All great. Right. Um, right. on this note, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you have been listening to Outlander Cast. And both of our kids are home.